All right, Andrew, I think it is time, brother, to come up and finish with Paul's letter. It's been good having you. Yeah, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Well, it's been fun being with you all. I've kind of felt like, um, felt a little bit like family already. Like you've, I've bonded with some of you. We've had some good times over the last couple of days. Feels like I've been here forever, though. <laughs> it's like just since Friday, but man, we've gone deep quick. So I appreciate you all. Um, let's see if this, if we got this rolling. There we go. Hey, okay. So tonight's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little more laid back. I want to have more of a conversation. And there's actually going to be some points throughout the, the session tonight where I'm going to have us apply what we're, what we're learning, what we're looking at. So be ready to engage with what I call your elbow partners, right? I'll have you pair up in teams of two, so hopefully you're next to somebody you appreciate. Um, if not, tough. I'm going to make you do some fun stuff anyway. Um, okay. There's, so we're continuing kind of where we left off this morning uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You can turn there if you do have your Bibles uh, tonight. Uh, we'll kind of jump in here in a moment. As we kind of wrap up our, our weekend, just a, a recap of kind of where we've come from. Remember back, we looked at our Isaiah 49 passage, the servant paradigm, servant Messiah, servant people, how Isaiah itself is really a microcosm of all of God's purpose, all of the biblical narrative. We kind of catch a glimpse of that. Um, and then Paul basically hijacks Isaiah, brings it into what he's trying to convince the Corinthians to do, take up this ambassadorship, not as a wearisome task, not as a dutiful obedience thing, but as a grace-filled co-laboring, as a, a relational paradigm of love that we would actually receive this gift of grace that is being sent on mission with God himself. So that's what Paul, where we looked this morning, but Paul's going to continue on from that and he, he makes the shift uh, in chapter 6 where he goes on to essentially share some of his own experience. Um, so let's look a little, at a little bit uh, in the verse that we picked up. Remember, he's in this, the middle of this correspondence with the church in Corinth. They've written back and forth to each other uh, several letters. But I want you to just take a glance here. Again, this is, this is kind of a grid. It's, it's not the easiest to look at here. But you can see some of the places that uh, we're pretty sure that he's writing from. He's writing from Ephesus, Troas, someplace in Macedonia. Um, Paul is all over the, the Mediterranean. And we don't have time to look at it tonight, but it'd be, it would be a valuable study uh, for you all to go through the, what some call the missionary journeys of Paul. He had at least three missionary trips or whatever. But you can see, I don't, the, the lines might be kind of hard to see here, but you can see the different colored arrows are his different trips. Um, the, this, he was all over the Mediterranean. And think of when this is. This is first century AD. Like travel was kind of a challenge at that time, you know? But he was all over the place. And guess what? Paul was not young by this time. He was already an old man by the time the Lord had called him. Um, and so I think it's incredible uh, what we see in the life of Paul. Um, 
side note, I actually didn't intend to, to say this tonight, but you know, a lot of us think of imitating Christ, that uh, we're called to imitate our, our Lord and Savior, you know? But throughout Paul's letters, he, time and time again, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Think about that for a second. That's kind of strange. Because I think when we, when we think about imitating Christ, there's this automatic like, okay, he's, he's God incarnate. So it kind of eases the burden because we're not God, right? <laughs> yeah, we can imitate, you know, the incarnation part of it, but we're not, we're not Lord and Savior, you know, so that kind of relieves some of the burden. But Paul, he was a chief of sinners just like you and I. And I don't know about you, but my life looks nothing like Paul's life. And yet there it is in, in Scripture. Again, in several of his letters, he urges his, his followers to imitate him as he imitates Christ. So again, there's something happening here I think that's uh, worth paying attention to. So I want you to think of these missionary trips. Recall to mind some of the stories you've read from the book of Acts, some of what you know about Paul's stories, the beatings when he gets run out of town, when he, uh, him and Barnabas are on their journeys, and they actually have fruit sometimes. And there, there's whole, whole cities that come to Christ. The good and the bad is kind of mingled in together with that. Um, think of that as the backdrop for what we're going to read tonight. Let me read um, our passage. I'm going to, let's, let's read chapter 6. We'll start in verse 3. We are not giving any, an occasion for offense so that the ministry will not be blamed. Instead, as God's ministers, we commend ourselves in everything by great endurance, by afflictions, by hardships, by difficulties, by beatings, by imprisonments, by riots, by labors, by sleepless nights, by times of hunger, by purity, by knowledge, by patience, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, through weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, through glory and dishonor, through slander and good report, regarded as deceivers, yet true, as unknown, yet recognized, as dying, yet see, we live, as being disciplined, yet not killed, as grieving, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet as uh, enriching many, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. We have spoken openly to you, Corinthians. Our heart has not been wide, has been opened wide. We are not withholding our affections from you, but you are withholding your affections from us. I speak to my, as to my children as a proper response. Open your heart to us. Again, Paul is writing to a, a body of believers in Corinth. They had, they had a pretty rocky history. And again, there's this, this series of correspondence between Paul and, and these believers. But think of all of the things that he lists off there, right? We kind of read through them really fast. I want to take some time, maybe just look at a few of those things that he calls out. Um, I think you've been given a handout on the tables. Again, this is not necessarily, but if you like, if you're the kind of person that likes to have something to follow along, I've given you a little bit of an outline. Might might be a little easier to read uh, some of the things that Paul lists off. This is kind of our outline, what we're going to look at. Um, but you can see the first 
chunk of things that he just kind of rapid fire lists off are, are put in the negative. It's these beatings, it's these imprisonments, whatever. So let's think about that. In much endurance, Paul had a lot that he had to endure through. He actually had afflictions. Paul was tortured. These are, this is kind of my translation. Um, there's a lot of good uh, English translations that capture the essence of what Paul is talking about here. But if we could sum it up, like even the word beatings here, I mean, I, I picture Paul in this Roman prison. You know, there were several occasions where Paul was imprisoned under house arrest, basically. There were times when he was literally beaten. The, these things that he lists off, things that actually happened to him. And he's saying, hey, I've endured this. <laughs> I've stuck it out. I've been through this. Well, guess what? These are not just unique to Paul. You know, it can be easy, easy for us, again, to think, oh, this is St. Paul, you know, the great apostle. Um, again, the imitating Paul thing. I could never imitate Paul. Well, no, again, he's, he's just like you and I. And there are believers all around the world today that face similar situations. And in, actually, in a lot of ways, we have it pretty comfortable here. Again, I, I don't know about you, but it's, it's convicting when I look at my life and I, I look at Paul's life, because again, my life looks nothing like Paul's. I actually have been in a Chinese prison. <laughs> it was actually not uh, a terrible experience because of why I was there. But I've never been beat for the gospel. I've never been tortured uh, for Christ. That's actually a pretty normal thing for a lot of believers around the world. And so I'm gonna, I want to show a clip uh, of kind of the house church movement in China. And it's not a, a, a horrible video, but there is some sensitive content. Um, so if, if you need to be careful with that, just be aware. Um, and then afterwards, I actually want us to pray. I'll have us actually pray for the house church movement in China and maybe some other places. But let's uh, go ahead and play our uh, video. is 2018.
That's, that's an experience that, honestly, we don't have to fear here. We have the freedom to gather in a place like this tonight, and we can talk about Christ openly. And I say that not to lay a guilt trip on you or to make you feel bad for having a comfortable life. That's not what this is about. What this is about is simply recognizing that, hey, we can actually be a part of, of what God is doing in and through these people. They are our brothers and sisters uh, around the world, brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes it can, it can be kind of sad and, and you feel hopeless, like, what can I do? Well, guess what? We can pray. That's not just a cliche thing. That actually is a significant part of this mission that we've been talking about, co-laboring with God in his mission. I love, uh, one of the ways we can think about prayer is co-working with God. I love the Samuel Zwimmer quote, the history of missions is the history of answered prayer. We, I want us to actually apply this tonight. So let's just take 60 seconds. I want you to turn to your elbow partner. You don't have to just pray for the Chinese church. Um, you can pray for uh, believers that you know are persecuted in another country. My mind goes to Ukraine right now. Obviously, they're going through a lot. There's a lot of countries around the world where believer, believers struggle. You know, you know these things. You've been exposed to some of them. And so I want us to take just 60 seconds and just do a very short prayer, each of you. Take turns. One of you pray and then swap and the other pray. Okay? So let's do that. Okay. Thank you, everyone. I know, I know it's short. Um, the length of our prayers is not what matters. It's the alignment with God's purpose. We hope that the Holy Spirit gives us the words to pray. Um, but I want to call our, our attention. You've, you should have your next steps card that we've kind of been referencing throughout the weekend. The front of it, you, you see what we got on our banners, going, welcoming, sending, uh, mobilizing. If you flip it to the back side, you, you can see we've got some practices listed out. Prayer, community, simplicity, learning. We're going to look at each of these here in a moment. But I want to uh, explain what, what's happening here. 
Um, if you look at the, the going, welcoming, sending, mobilizing, really what we're after, uh, giving you opportunities to apply um, how God might, might be inviting you to his mission. These are things that you might actually uh, major on in a particular season. Really, we should, we should be doing all of these, but there might be a particular one that we focus on at a particular season in life. So right now, I am actually a vocational mobilizer. Part of what I'm doing here, even here as a speaker, is in the vein of this mobilization uh, work. There was a time, and I'm going to share a little bit about it, when I was in the going kind of season, where I did serve in, in China. So these might come and go, but at some point in our lives, we really should be doing all of them, okay? So don't just think, oh, I'm going to check one off the list and then excuse myself from doing the rest of them. That's not what this is about, okay? But then there's these practices, this prayer, community, simplicity, learning. These are things we should be doing nonstop. These do not come and go in seasons. These are not majors and minors. These are our practices that, that God calls us all uh, to be a part of in a, on a regular basis, okay? So this prayer thing, we've heard a lot of prayer requests even tonight. And maybe you can even just jot down, you know, yeah, we've given you some boxes to check here. But keep track of the prayers um, as they've been shared tonight, or prayer requests as they've been shared tonight, and then even uh, next week as well. Okay, well, uh, like I said, at one point in what feels like another life, <laughs> I was, uh, I did serve in China uh, with these, this beautiful people group. I can't share details, but as I referred to earlier, um, while I was there, I was actually there doing ethnographic research for a new mission uh, team that was opening up, and the goal was for me to finish our, our research project, uh, write it up, actually, if you are interested in serving uh, with our, our people group in Southern China, uh, come talk to me at the, the table over here. I actually have some really good resources for you, and we can talk specifics, stuff that I, I can't necessarily share from up here. Um, but if you felt some kind of a nudge to that, come, come talk to me afterwards. Uh, but the goal was to finish our, our project, this, this ethnography, and then I was going to come back to the States, support raise, and go long-term. And I thought I'd be in China the rest of my life. Um, however, it was literally my last day in China, debriefing. I shared uh, this morning, um, got news that my mom had passed away unexpectedly. And it kind of redirected my, the trajectory of my life. Came back to the States to really be with my family. Ended up getting involved with a ministry called Perspectives, who I'm still with. Uh, I've been with them for almost 10 years now. Um, but as I have kind of wrestled with uh, losing my mom over the years, you know, initially my, uh, my experience was, you know, if this is what I get for being faithful, if I end up on the mission field and bad things happen, then I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. And it was really hard. And I've had to wrestle with a lot of things over the years, and I'm probably still wrestling with a lot of things. But I would be willing to bet that some of you have felt that. You've been in similar situations. When I'm obedient to the Lord's call in my life, bad things happen. Like, like we looked at with Paul. Here he is, you know, obediently being this apostle to the Gentiles, and he's beaten, and he's put in prison, and he's tortured, and all these things. 
Well, over the years, I've, I've realized that my mom actually uh, did some really peculiar things. Um, that actually was how God moved me into what I'm doing today. One of those things was she made us kids read missionary biographies. That's weird, right? <laughs> Parents making your kids read missionary biographies. In fact, um, you've got access to a lot of missionary biographies. I'll mention them again here in a moment. But don't, don't lose sight of that, the significance that can play in a young person's life. It was reading those missionary biographies that would soften my heart so that when the Lord would call, I was ready to say yes. You might not have kids. Maybe you do have kids. Maybe you have grandkids. Maybe you have nieces and nephews. But guess what? You all have access to kids here at the church. And there's a way that you can invest in the next generation for God's global purpose. So be thinking about that. This mobilizing thing, maybe that's a part of investing in the next generation. So we turn, Paul goes on, and he, he shifts from the negative into the positive now. He says, oh, in sincerity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in love without hypocrisy. Boy, that's a statement. We could spend a whole sermon on that, love without hypocrisy. What does Paul mean there? Oh, it's good stuff. In truth's word, there's some possessive things going on here. In God's power, there's another possessive. Uh, Paul served through the bad and the good. So it's not just the, the beatings and the tortures. God's good and faithful to accomplish his purpose in and through us. And so there's this side of things as well. We had all kinds of fruit, um, even in just the short time that I was in China. Um, I want to show you a video clip uh, of our people group. Uh, just to give you a taste of what another culture that's drastically different from ours can feel like. You're going to look at more of the global stuff next week. I know we're trying to be local here this weekend. But uh, I want you to begin to think, even like we looked at with Isaiah, it's too small a thing if God's purpose is only for me and my people. And I want you to realize that it's too small a thing if God's purpose is only for Emporia. His purpose is for all peoples. So we don't have to pit these things against each other. It doesn't have to be versus, local versus global. Uh, there is kind of a strategic primacy of the unreached, those who don't have access to the gospel. But here's a taste of, of an entire people group that until very recent hadn't had any exposure to the gospel. So let's go ahead and play our, our next video clip. Okay, so I want to tell you a story about what I call the fire village. Part of uh, what uh, we did while we were there was doing people mapping, ethnographic research, stuff like that. Some of the places we would go are actually not even on Chinese maps. They're that remote. 
And so we'd oftentimes take several buses to a market town and then a boat down the river, and then we'd hike up into the mountains up into the hill tribes. And uh, one of the villages in our area had experienced the fire. And the same part of the village had ex actually experienced the fire uh, two years in a row. Now, in this culture, the rest of the village is thinking that those families are cursed. There's something that they're doing wrong to warrant the spirits burning their houses down, that kind of a thing. Um, and so both years in a row, there were some, some of the foreign missionaries had actually raised some funds to provide some resources to help these, these villagers. So the second time that this happened, uh, myself and uh, my teammate, a couple of my teammates, were actually the ones to go deliver some of, the, some of this rice uh, provisions. And we were, you know, young, unexperienced uh, missionaries there. There was a lot of things that I'm sure we did wrong that we didn't even pick up on. But we got there, we, we uh, gave out the rice. It was actually a really fun occasion, good experience. Everybody thanked us. It was a very, you know, positive experience. We leave. And then through some of our really close friends in the village who, had, who actually came from the village, we found out that our visit had actually destroyed some of the relationships between the families there. Because in this culture, there's a very intricate relation, dynamic of relationship where if you help someone, it's expected that they help you back. And so there's this whole system of debts and, and um, I can't think of the word, but you're, there's things that you owe each other. And if those don't get honored, again, this is an honor-shame context, very different from ours, um, it can really destroy relationships. So we found out about this, and one of the missionaries um, had more Western money that they had raised to, again, help the village rebuild. But it, because we found out about this in time, we were able to say, whoa, 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 let's hold on. We could actually make this much worse by just throwing money at an issue. Let's be wise here and discerning. Our leadership, I, this was not something that I was a part of, but our, our leadership, uh, through prayer and, and discernment, decided that it was going to be most wise to continue to help the village, but to take those, those funds and actually give it to our friend who grew up in the village. She was a believer, and her, both her and her husband were believers, very well respected in the village. And in, the, the, uh, in their wisdom as believers, to be able to say, hey, we know that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and that you can discern God's will through his word, uh, basically figure out what to do with this. And because they knew the dynamics, they were able to give specific families very specific portions of, this, of these funds so that those families could then pay off their debts to other families in the village who had been helping them two years in a row now, okay? Essentially, restored those relationships, and guess what they did? The whole village held a festival, basically uh, being thankful for this reconciliation. And that video clip that I showed of the, of the women singing, um, that's a video clip from another time, another event. But a very similar thing happened where the women in the village got up to thank our friend 
for, for giving these funds uh, to help the families pay off their debts. So they get up and, and they, they do this all impromptu. They'll get massive groups of women like that and they just follow each other impromptu and they can sing these songs uh, with great meaning, very, very powerful lyrics and they just come up with them on the spot. So that happens and then our friend gets up. Again, she's a believer and she's able, literally in front of a, a village of about a thousand people, she's able to sing completely culturally appropriate. There's no foreigners involved at this point. And she essentially sings the gospel to this entire village publicly. Says, don't thank me. Thank our creator God and Jesus Christ, his only son. And essentially sings it all, just like uh, similar to what we heard. Now, best we can tell, um, there are a few believers that came out of that. This was actually about 10 years ago. I'm, I've, we've lost track of what's happened there. But I do believe that God is working in and through the local believers. That's the kind of thing that we can pray for. That's the history of missions that we can be involved in. And so I want to invite you to continue to pray for things like that. Um, some of this positive stuff. But there's things that we can actually learn about. Um, as a young missionary, there's a whole lot of stuff that I learned from that. And even going through missionary training and all that, there was probably more training I could have done to prepare for situations like that. So I, I want to invite you, whether you're a missionary or not, there's, more, there's things that you can learn about this global dynamic of God's purpose. And so I want to invite you. Again, you've got missionary biographies down there. Consider something like our perspectives course. Um, the next class is actually going to be up in Manhattan uh, this spring. It's a 15-week course. Uh, you get the opportunity to read uh, condensed readings from over 120 different authors. Uh, the, the big book that you see down there that I've got our, our picture up here, you actually don't have to read that whole thing. Don't let it intimidate you. You can take the course for either key reading, certificate, or even full-blown credit level. But it's a, a, such a dynamic learning experience uh, where you can press into some of this biblical stuff that we've gotten a taste of this weekend. You can press into... Uh, the history of the world Christian movement. How has God continued to unfold his purpose throughout history? Some of these cultural dynamics. And then even some of the, the strategic, uh, practical application. Like, how do I live strategically every day in light of this global purpose? So there's more learning you can do. I want to go on with our passage uh, from Paul. He goes on and he says, through weapons of righteousness, in both hands, the right and the left, so he's basically saying we're fully equipped, right? This righteousness, we've, we've got, you know, our hands full. We're ready to go. Through glory, through dishonor, through defamation and renown. Again, he's giving extreme contrasts here, the good and the bad. Paul ministered and served through all of that. So that the, the ministry, this ambassadorship would not be disqualified. That's how he starts this section off, if you recall. He goes on. Uh, as deceiver, yet truthful. What he's saying there is people considered us deceitful, but we know we were, we were being truthful. There's all kinds of weird things that people uh, think Christians are. We, have, we do have an enemy. I love what our, some of our brothers and sisters shared uh, being involved in student ministries, this kind of academic world. I can very much tell you the academy is not a neutral space. It is occupied by a lot of different gods. 
And when our young people go off to college, when they go off to uh, schools, they are under attack. So again, there, there's a lot of things going on here. Uh, skipping through, I'm going to just kind of wrap us up here. But that good and the bad, what's key to all of it, what Paul is inviting the Corinthians into, this co-laboring with him, he's seeing himself as a co-laborer. What we see emerge in this is a community, the body of Christ, people of God. And so I want to invite you, we've started some really good things here this weekend. Some relationships have been strengthened. Some new relationships have been formed. You've met some, some missionaries that the church supports that maybe you haven't met before. Maybe you're reconnecting with old friends. But this community aspect, we can't do this life alone. Even Paul, all the hardships that he went through, he didn't do it alone. He had Timothy. He had Barnabas. He had others uh, come and go along the, along the journey. We have that same kind of opportunity, both with our church family and beyond. I love this African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And if we're, if we're thinking about the Great Commission, this ambassadorship, this is, this is not a quick journey. This is not a fast journey. This is a long, hard journey. We're in it for the long haul. And it's going to require this kind of community, okay? So don't lose sight of that. Um, as we wrap up, again, there's a lot of resources that you've been kind of inundated with. I know it's a lot to process. You're going to have more time uh, throughout this week and next week to really soak the, some of this stuff in. Your church leadership are here for you. The, the booths and, and ministry leaders are here for you to help engage with some of this. But there is this cost to this co-mission that Paul is inviting us into, that God is, is inviting us into. And I want to end, uh, actually, I wanted to mention the Jeannie Marie's book. Um, she's actually one of our perspectives instructors. Steve Hawthorne, our, our, the editor of our perspectives curriculum, is one who endorsed it. Excellent book. You can use this in your practice of learning learning about God's global purpose. There's a lot of good stuff. Uh, don't, don't leave without your hands full tonight. Um, but let's, let's end on this. This ambassador's wanted. Again, there's no one-size-fits-all. Uh, there's these practices that we, can, that we can kind of major and minor in. There's the things that we can do on a, a more of a habitual basis. We should all be learning and praying and, and participating in community, all of that kind of stuff. But the goal that we're trying to, to get to tonight, this weekend, is that you would begin to see yourself a part of this purpose that's unfolding. That you would actually take up this grace of ambassadorship, whatever that looks like in your own life, what God is calling you to. And so can I basically just beseech the Lord as we close tonight and pray that he would bless you in such a way that you would take that up? If you're able to, let's stand, and I'll close this in prayer. Our God, who is Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you would uh, continue to move in our midst. Call to mind uh, the things that we've learned this weekend. 
help these people to uh, see with fresh eyes the, the things, the places you've put them, the relationships you've given them, that maybe even this week they would uh, see those relationships in a different way, that they would see themselves as ambassadors uh, in the midst of those relationships and the places that you've already sent them. God, I want to pray that you would also continue to nudge in their hearts that as, as they take up this ambassadorship, that they would recognize um, maybe you're bringing them to a greater purpose than, than just the circles they have here in Emporia. Or not to be content with the networks that they're already in, but that you might expand their horizon. They might see this global purpose that they get to be a part of because it's what you're uh, accomplishing in the world. So Lord, I pray that uh, these people would be blessed, that you would use them to be a blessing to the nations. And I ask these things in Christ's name and for his glory. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Can we give him some honor for bringing the word to us? If you had a part in this weekend, if you prayed for this weekend, if you donated any supplies or funds or helped with a meal or set up, tear down, would you raise your hand? Just do it, please. <laughs> Can we give honor to these people? Thank you. I was praying about tonight, and I just believe that the Lord wanted me to especially tell the people who worked this weekend that he has things for you, too. So it's for all of us to receive. Um, this is our last song, um, and it's a kind of a different song. A lot of songs we sing are from our perspective to God. Some are to each other. Now, this one is from God's perspective to us. It's the words of Jesus. You know, if you're about to leave someone you really care about, and um, the last thing you tell them is probably the most important thing. So these are some of the last words that Jesus said before he ascended to the right hand of the Father. So just um, take this as something for you. Just receive that as we sing this over you. you. 
soon has it not been good to be with God's people this weekend to yeah to be reminded of God's mission to take his good news to the ends of the earth because it is too small a thing to just carry the gospel here right or Kansas or to the United States but we want to take it to all people so next week, come back. We're gonna, it's not going to be a big full-blown weekend, but we're going to have a number of our cross-cultural ministry missionaries here, and we'll get to hear their stories. Just quickly about next weekend, the, the bags are due, the Navidad con Jesus, um, learning to say that correctly, uh, between 10 and 11. We're also going to just have some of the, our cross-cultural missionaries will be here, and we're just going to have a picnic outside. And if you want to come join them, just bring some food, some lawn chairs, and it's just a chance to mix and mingle with them. So that's something you may want to avail yourself. And then it's just going to be Sunday morning services next week. This commitment card, if you still have that, I really would like you to be praying for it. We'll speak even more about this next week. But asking that question, where is God asking me to be involved in His mission? Is it mobilizing? Is it sending? Is it going? Is it welcoming? Sometimes it's more than one, right? Sometimes I'm a season where it's one. Sometimes I can be doing a couple of those. So I really want you to be praying about that, praying through the practices of how you can be growing your heart for God's purpose among the nations. So um, again, Andrew, thanks so much. Where is Andrew? I'm looking in the direction. There he is. Andrew, thanks so much for coming. Appreciated the Word of God. Can I have the missions committee members stand up? If you're part of the missions, most of them this year was like, they were rookies this year, but they that was like a veteran missions conference. So I want you to stand up, stand up tall and high and strong.
Yeah, they all did a great job. Ashley taking leadership this year, great job. Brent, I know, added on an extra year to his contract. Appreciate, yeah, you doing that. Some people here help them out, kind of help do some planning. Could you, if you're, if you're one of those people that helped carry some stuff out, you weren't officially in, but you, you helped pull some of this off. Can you just stand? Some of you came in like the last few weeks, months to kind of help out. So, yeah, if you did that, please stand. We want to thank you guys too. All right. Andrew, I saw your hand back there. Did you have anything? Yes, kudos. I agree with that. All right. One last thing. I mean, we do want you to see Boost to meet, hang out with some of the missionaries, but we need your help one more time in a very practical way. We've got to do some teardown, okay? Same thing. We're going to have to probably move the decorations on stage initially, pull the, the paper off. Um, especially, there's a couple of people that will help us with the tables because they need to go certain places. I don't know all that. But if you're helping get the tables down, there will be a couple of guys up here who will kind of help point those in the right direction. But um, some of you could help do that. That would be great. And so I uh, help tear down, hang around for a little bit. And then 12th, again, it's not a throwaway tagline, right? Jesus said, as I, the Father, sent me, I, I send you. So it's not just empty words. So 12, please remember in all things as we are going to make disciples of all nations. So 12, you're sent.